0: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: to the Mother Days Podcast. I am your host, Sarah Wright Olson. And I am Teresa Palmer. Guys, I'm so excited right now. I'm (laughs)
2: I'm feeling buzzed because this is because of you guys. You guys have been writing into us and asking us about relationship woes and what has happened to your relationships after you've had babies. And I said to Sarah, we have to get an expert on. We have to find someone who can speak to what is going down and why These relationships are feeling really scary and confronting.
0: You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment.
2: Do you know how much cashback you're leaving on the table settling for the wrong credit card? Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. Think of all that cash back on those overpriced kombuchas. NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today that future you will thank you for. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cashback credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cashback? As with all cars, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Of course, I thought of my friend, Dr. Stan Tatkin. Sarah, do you want to jump in here? He's so amazing. We're so excited to have him.
1: Well, lucky for us, Teresa has already been through therapy with Dr. Stan. So, Mm -hmm. um, and so that was very exciting. Dr. Stan Tatkin is a teacher, clinician, researcher, developer of the psychobiological approach to couples therapy. He speaks and teaches around the world on secure functioning relationships, how to understand them, create them, and support them. He has written dozens of academic articles and six best selling books that have been translated mm-hmm. in so many different languages. And he has a new book coming out um, called. In each other's care. In each other's care.
2: <laughs> when, is this come, when is this book coming out and how can every single person on this planet get this book?
0: <laughs> um, it's uh, uh, April 25th. Um It's the, <gasps> is the book, book coming out and anywhere books are sold. And then there's an Amazing. audio version, which I recorded, um, which Aww. is delayed a little for some reason, um, but uh, it's coming out shortly after. Oh my goodness.
2: Even your voice, hearing your voice just now, I instantly feel calm. I'm like, oh, he's the knower of all things. He's the (laughs) helper. You have done so much for my relationship, guys. I'm not just blowing smoke right now. I have to tell you, Dr. Stan Hatkin came into our lives, Mark and I's lives, A number of years ago when we were having like a severe sort of breakdown in our relationship and a friend of ours who was really big into attachment therapy was like, oh my gosh, you need to go and talk about this theory, this attachment theory with Dr. Stan Tatkin. And let me tell you, it's not like a regular couples therapy session because Mark and I were like, oh, are we really going to go to couples therapy? (laughs) And then she was like, it's different. It's different. Believe me, you will go in there and it'll be a game changer for your marriage. And I have to say, it has been so profound. And often when we are in arguments, we will both breathe, talk, and we'll remind each other of things that Dr. Stan Tatkin had said Mm -hmm. to us in our session. Like one of the major things that we always go back to is don't argue in the car. Don't argue in the car. Cause that was, it's so amazing. And I'd love to, even let's just start there because that's, um, you know, you're looking ahead, you're driving, Um, you can't look at each other in the eyes, you're just going at each other. And oftentimes, there might be small people in the back, or it's just like you're confined in this space. And it's not in a loving conversational manner. It's just aggression on aggression on aggression. Mm. Let's just even start with that area. Why do you say not to do that?
0: Because we're visual animals, we have more visual centers in the brain than any other, and we co regulate each other face to face, eye to eye, which is why if you have small people in the back, they're not being regulated, they're kids, and can cause a lot of havoc in the noise area, sound area for the adults in the front. So that's mm-hmm. why, because they're not being regulated. Also, we're legally blind on the sides of our eyes. We only see the world in high definition through a small pinhole called the fovea part of the macula. Mm -hmm. And so having a face at the side, our our amygdala, which is a a fear center, uh, fires more rapidly. So that's a mm. setup, right? And then mm. the person who is driving is using enough resources to run out of resources with an emotional topic. And that's when trouble starts. Yeah. So it's purely mechanical.
2: Wow. wow. It's it's unbelievable. And one of the things that people have brought up with me um, when Sarah and I wrote our book, we talked a little, we dipped a little bit into relationships and how relationships can be affected once you've had children. And one of the things that I have just been saying it's part of my repertoire now is use a manual, Have each other's user manual. And where yes. did that come from? That came from you. <laughs> so it's another little one, another gem that I use so much. And I would just want to sort of start from the beginning with you. It's a different concept, this attachment theory, and you know maybe that's the basis of where packed. Came from, and I just want you to break that down a little bit so that we have a better understanding of your perspective and how you coach people through the relationship troubles that they're having.
0: So, psychobiology. Just let me back up just a moment. Uh, mm-hmm. Is is basically the study of uh, of infant brain development um, throughout the lifespan. So, the adult lifespan. It's a developmental theory of studying people, starting with infants. And we look at attachment, which is the safety and security system felt uh, safety and security by the infant, by the teenager, by the adult, but also arousal regulation theory, which is the autonomic nervous system. And everyone's different in terms of their ability to stay within uh, an area of safety and security where they can think. Uh, And then developmental neuroscience. Uh, how the brain develops, and what people can and cannot do in the social-emotional area. Uh, And this is where we study uh, people by watching them very closely and using uh, digital uh, video and what's something called frame analysis to watch over and over again people's faces, movements, voices, and so on. So we're basically watching the animal that is our species, the human primate. (laughs) Attachment is part of it. So mm-hmm. attachment theory is basically uh, uh, accepting the idea that the human primate's major drive is to bond with at least one other person, hopefully an adult, as an infant, and that that need to be attached to somebody uh, is a requirement for species throughout the lifespan. In fact, we know that people who do not have at least one Secure attachment in their life are bound to live a shorter life, not uh, as healthy, physically, mentally, emotionally, and not as happy. So mm. this is a big deal our our need to be in at least one secure functioning relationship, which later we can define.
2: Wow, I love it so much. Um, and it's a really different approach. To couples therapy. I felt like and Mark and I have been so open about our relationship on this podcast because um, we felt like it was important for us to be as revealing as possible because, you know, we do have a platform and other people look to us and they see these little snippets of our lives through Instagram or social media and we're like, hey, 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 hang on a second, it may look this way, but we have had to do so much work. And one of the wonderful things about going to see you is we we talk about how um, you know, everyone should dip into having a conversation about doing regular couples therapy. But in the case of working with you, for us, we just call it a tune-up. So we went to see you maybe, I think maybe three times we've been to see you. Wow. Um, <laughs> and we went, yeah, we went once and we had an epic session. And it was so amazing because Stan would ask specific questions about our childhood, about our Mm. traumas from, you know, zero to 17. And so he could get a really wonderful understanding of our conditioning. And Mm -hmm. Mark and I both had lots of different challenges in our childhood, but I felt very secure and very safe, even though I had many issues with, you know, my mom's mental health, but I just was the most important thing in her life. I was everything. And I always felt that Mm. as a kid. I never felt um, that I wasn't the most important thing. And Mark had a different experience, which meant Mm -hmm. that we have different attachment strategies and to Mm. actually be able to unpack what his attachment strategy is and what mine is has been has just laid the foundation of such a really understanding relationship in which I understand what his triggers are and he understands what my triggers are. And when we are in it and we're feeling the feelings, we have been able to use the tools that stand taught us to stop, to take a breath, to s- understand where both of us are coming from and also for me to be like, oh, I see This is like the little Mark that is feeling afraid right now. And this is the little Mm. Teresa that is feeling triggered. And it has been beautiful. (laughs) It has been the most amazing thing. And a lot of it was Stan looking at us and watching our physicality in a fight. So we would sort of get in a fight in front of him. And he would encourage sort of, um, I guess it was like create experiences similar to those that are troubling you in your relationship within the safety of this room with Stan being there. And he would help us work through it in real time. And it was so profound. He would be able to point things out to me that I had no idea I was doing and vice versa with Mark. And it was unbelievable,
0: guys. Which is all of us. Um, um, This is, you know, I do talk about attachment and attachments really interesting. Uh, But it's very, it's a very small piece of the human uh, condition. Being human, just but in and of itself is a problem. Um, It's great. (laughs) But it's also a problem in very known ways in relationship, right? And so uh, so a lot of this is really education and, and training uh, uh, to do something that most of us don't learn uh, to do in partnerships. And that is to work in a way that is constantly collaborative and cooperative under stress, which is really hard to do. We can do mm-hmm. that when we're feeling good, but as soon as one of us isn't, that's when we get into trouble for all sorts of good reasons that are not personal. And yet we, we take it all very personally.
1: Wow. I mean, I was going to say that, um, It's funny, Teresa, hearing you talk about that. I mean, you know, some of the stuff that she talked to you about, Dr. Stan, um, I was like, oh, I want to take some of those pieces and put them into my relationship with my partner because, um, like Teresa, I felt very safe as a child. And um, I always say that, like, my parents gave me the greatest like foundation because they just gave me so much love. And my Mm -hmm. brother and I felt so safe to just go and do whatever we wanted because we were loved. And we were being raised by very young people, like they were 20 years old. And so, um, you know, if maybe some parenting things were a little crazy, but love was the foundation, (laughs) right? And so Mm -hmm, I always felt like safe and held and secured. But there are really specific things that trigger me in my relationship with my partner. And, um, a lot of times it has to do with me feeling like I did something wrong instantly. It's like my stress level goes through the roof, right? It's like fear, fear, fear. All the alarms are going off. I can feel my heart racing. My blood is boiling everything. And I'm, I don't want to make a mistake. And that comes from my father was a pastor. Mm. And so I was always under the thumb of needing to like be the pastor's daughter who didn't make a mistake, right. and so when you find that in a you know in a couple or in a relationship where somebody's like afraid to do something wrong, what is it? How do you approach that conversation?
0: Well, I mean, there is there's a lot there, right? Um, uh, <laughs> yes. some, some of it has to do with uh, with the culture we grew up in. So, not yours, but in some family cultures, the self is more important than the relationship. So. Uh, performance and appearance uh, become uh, more important. Um, And that is not good or bad, right or wrong. It's certainly not about love. Um, Mm -hmm. It's about what I learned in my family of origin. I'm just doing what I know, and what I know is what I experienced and what I saw and heard. So, you know, in that sense, we're automatic creatures. We just, uh, most everything we do is by memory. Most of our day is automatic, memory-based. We're not really thinking critically at all through most of the day, of any day. So uh, so we're just doing this automatically, responding reflexively, and especially when we're under stress. When we're under stress, uh, we're using really fast Uh, uh, recognition systems uh, that keep us safe. And so we're more likely to do something without thinking about it, uh, because something I recognize is threatening to me, and then I do this or I do that. Okay, so that's one. Two, the two of you uh, have also a crude memory, just in your partnership, uh, and that memory is alive and operating and so uh you do this but there's something your partner does obviously that that contributes to that experience to that feeling your reaction then triggers him in other words by this time you and your partner would be considered a system that reacts to itself but all of this feels like love and i guarantee you most of it has nothing to do with love Uh, Nothing to do with it. It has to do with your own internal experience of safety and security. And uh, most people don't understand that, right? Uh, Distancing people, people in the distancing group, like it so much when their partner goes away. Uh, And that feels unloving, but it has nothing to do with love. Just as people from the clinging group of insecure attachment want to hold on to their partner, and that feels Mm -hmm. like love, but it isn't. Again, it's Mm just uh, it's just a reflex that comes from our survival uh, needs and recognition uh, memory system. And we're just doing things automatically, not purposely most of the time.
2: All right, guys, we are a couple of tired mamas and all we do is crave a spa day and we deserve it. It's a value pack of two luxurious body care moisturizers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Undaria Collagen Body Lotion, both featuring Osea's signature, uplifting, all-natural citrusy scent. All right, as you guys know, we are we are busy mums. We are dog mums, business mums, performance mums, school board mums. Life gets hectic. That's why we rely on our tried and tested go-tos to alleviate some of the chaos. NerdWallet helps you by maximizing your everyday spending, whether it's groceries for the week, drinks with
1: friends, or a nice family meal. Do you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table settling for the wrong credit card? Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. I mean, come on, guys. Think of all the cash back that you're going to get on those kombuchas, on those frozen pizzas. NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today that future you will thank you for. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet
2: lets you compare smart cash back credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So, what could future you do with more cashback? Uh, a silent meditation retreat in Peru, a sweat lodge
1: in India, whatever it is, make it happen with a smarter cashback credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet, finance smarter. As with all credit cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Spring is here and school is coming to a close and life could not be crazier. Um, so one of the things that has helped our family so much on those super packed weekends and weekdays with sports and school and all the things has been Green Chef. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portion and prep quality whole foods. Green Chef sends organic fresh produce, responsibly sourced protein, and chef designed recipes in every box. And for our family, we have two people who are gluten-free. So it's been amazing picking out these like gluten-free recipes with the kids. You can find clean meals to suit your lifestyle with preferences like Mediterranean, plant-based, gluten-free, protein packed, keto, calorie smart, and gut health. My kids love following along with the Green Chef recipes, pulling them out of the box, looking at the pictures, putting everything together. They put on their little aprons and we do it as a family. It's so fast. It saved us so much time. And it's been something really fun to do together and teach the kids new recipes. You guys can go to greenchef.com slash Mother 50 and use code Mother Days 50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. Go to greenchef.com slash Mother 50 and use code Mother Days 50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. Okay, guys, check out Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. And... We hear about the rate of
2: divorce and it's really confronting. And I have a lot of friends um, who have had children and their kids are, you know, in the eight to ten range, um, and they're they're getting divorced. Do you want to just speak to that for a moment? And if people had access to some of the tools that you're talking about, do you think we could see more reconciliation between partners.
0: Yes. I, you know, in in my experience, in my research, in my clinic, the number one reason that uh, we can predict relationships not working out in the long run is the lack of structure and organization co-created by the couple. So couples Mm. go into unions which is an alliance, which is uh, basically a team um, with different ideas. So let's start with the, uh, the notion that relationship is an abstraction. It doesn't really exist. You can't take a picture of a relationship. You can just take a picture of people. So you and I have a, 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 an idea of what this relationship is, a sort of a shared mythology. It's important that we have the same idea. Otherwise, we'll fight, right? So do people do that? Mostly no. Um, we don't align what our idea of relationship is, at least this relationship. And then we don't co-create uh, an architecture of what this relationship is, a shared purpose, shared vision. We don't co-create a culture anew based on what we want, who we are today, not our parents, not our grandparents, not our religion, not our uh, country, but what do we think is good, right? Now we get into you know moral uh, uh, reasoning. What is a good life? What is the best and right thing to do in any given moment? How many partners think about that and talk about that before getting into trouble? Mm-hmm. Um, most do not do that. And so they do what all human beings do. They act according to uh, their state of mind in the moment. They act according to their own experience, their own memory. And they fight um, Mm. because nobody plans for uh, more than their angels. Uh, Nobody plans for their devils. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And how we're going to build in guardrails to keep us from harming each other, which we'll do, if not purposely, Automatically, um, because we're animals. So the number one uh, thing is we never put this thing together ourselves. Somebody else built it. Um, we didn't really agree on anything. We didn't uh, structure anything. We're not really uh, in charge of this relationship that we co-created. That's the, the uh, one of the big problems. The other one is the manner in which you and I interact when one or both of us are under stress. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. We're survival animals. Therefore, it's very easy for us to start to feel threatened by the tilt of the mm-hmm. head, tone of voice, gestures, facial expressions, lack of facial expressions, word choices, sentence choices, mm-hmm. sound of our voice, like I said, everything. And that, if not repaired uh, quickly, becomes uh, uh, something we think of as a crude threat. a a threat memory that carries over and uh, and builds. So this is the human condition, folks. It's not personal, but if we don't understand it, this is how we get into trouble. So you and I uh, uh, get into disagreements, uh, hurt feelings, misunderstandings without any repair, without any amends, and this uh, begins to cause inflammation inflammation actually literally in the cells wow uh, and that that builds to the point where we start to become uh, adversaries we're no longer in alliance and that's the second reason that uh, relationships will end
2: wow i actually had wow. i've sent a number of people to dr stan Tatkin because we've had such a positive mm-hmm. experience and um i have had friends who go to you to basically, to to steal Gwyneth Paltrow's words, <laughs> to um, consciously uncouple, um, which I think is so beautiful that you also offer that up, where two people who figure out that maybe this isn't right, they go to you and you really help them find a way to sort of unthread from one another in a way that feels really harmonious. And the couple I'm thinking of, I won't obviously say who they are, but um, they ended up being friends out of this, which it Mm. could have been a different situation because of everything that they were going through. And the fact that they still have a great relationship and a friendship, and they just, they knew they weren't meant to be together, but it ended up being really harmonious. I thought that was such a testament to the way you held the space for both of those people to use the room to be able to pull away from each other, which was almost, I think I haven't heard of that before. Um, it's just a really different approach. And um, and so beautiful that you like held the space for them to do
0: that too. Well, you know, like the song says, breaking up is really hard to do. And, and there's a reason <laughs> for that. The attachment system is actually a biological mandate to, uh, to stay together. It's the I can't quit you biology. And mm-hmm. we also think of that as love, but it isn't. It's survival. Um, when mm-hmm. I, when I think of us breaking up, even if we don't like each other, it still creates an existential crisis in us because mm-hmm. it, it it refers to our earliest threat, which is Uh, mother loss or caregiver Mm. loss. Um, We will not survive if we lose that person. And so it's not a rational thing. uh, But then a lot of things we do, uh, you know, is not based in rationality, it's based in, again, survival. But we think it's love. And, uh, and actually, it's not. The good thing about it is that it keeps us together and it keeps therapists like me employed and allows me (laughs) to to use that attachment system as leverage. The bad thing is, and it is bad, is that people will stay in uh, relationships that are unfair, unjust, abusive, not right, uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, they can't quit each other. And they'll list a lot of reasons, all of which are valid But at the bottom of that is that biological mandate. It is an existential threat, the most primitive of of them all, which is, uh, you know, um, we cannot lose this attachment primary partner.
1: Wow. Um, we've had so many people write into uh, the Mother Days and say, you know, that they were having struggles after having a baby. Yeah. You know, you're a couple, you're in a relationship for a year, two years, 10 years, whatever it is. But when you have a new person now entering the space, there's hormones that have kind of gone crazy, the whole system is off. Um, and it's just different. Like, you just, as, as, evolved as you are as much as you're able to communicate, things are different and your triggers are more activated. there's a lot you know happening after you have a baby. Um, do you like how do you approach um, a couple that maybe comes to you after you know having a baby or they're pregnant or whatever it is? Um, and and what are some ways what are some tools that you can give to new parents on communication? Mm-hmm. Um, during that time.
0: So all of this is predictable, and yet people don't predict. We're the <laughs> right. creatures. We were blessed with, uh, with a prefrontal cortex that no other mammal has the ability to project into the future, predict, and plan for what could possibly go wrong. And mm-hmm. we don't. Um, so- here's the here's the thing and we wrote this in a book called baby bomb uh myself and another colleague um, Kara Hoppe. uh amazing when, when with the first uh, child we go from twos to threes and that's mm-hmm. a developmental stressor uh it happens when we're very young we uh, are in the tight orbit of our primary caregiver and then we start to realize there are competitors and for that primary attention. And we start to feel uh, threatened and jealous. It's the beginning of jealousy. Uh, that's, that's triadic. Jealousy is triadic. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm now threatened by something that's taking from me something I consider mine.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: now we're going into a triad and there's going to be jealousy, even in the finest of folks who are well-developed and, intent and, and uh, educated, but that is a natural thing. I'm losing my, if I'm a male or even a female in a same-sex partnership, the same thing happens. Uh, I'm losing my primary to this interloper, uh, this intruder, who I love, so it's very confusing, but suddenly uh, this caregiver that gave birth to this infant uh, has a primary preoccupation, maternal preoccupation, a term used by Donald Winnicott, something that uh, she is supposed to have because she's supposed to be so tuned into the infant as to be able to intuit, read all the internal signals that are not yet, of course, able to speak. And, uh, and that's a necessary condition for the baby that's not quite ready for prime time. Mm-hmm. So in effect, the, the secondary partner can insert themselves and be primary as well, and more and more people are. But they're also there to, uh, to regulate the regulator, and that is the primary caregiver, uh, so that they're resourced. And in this way, it's kind of a chain of, you know, I'm, I'm resourcing the primary uh, um, regulator to do their job with baby.
2: Mm-hmm. And then, of
0: course, hopefully I have somebody who's regulating me as well, because it's not always going to be my partner. They're, they're, they are preoccupied. Then there are other things, like not thinking ahead and making sure that we have all the resources we need. Today, people are doing things alone. It wasn't that way. Uh, even 40 years ago, People, uh, mothers yeah. would get together in clashes and uh, and and would raise their children together. Together, giving, yeah. yeah. Giving each other uh, this a sense of adult communication, um, regulation to help each other with their frustrations and so on. And it worked. Now, People are isolated, and that doesn't work so well. Uh, it's they, very lonely. Lonely. Mm-hmm. They're lacking in, in financial resources, time resources. They didn't talk about what are our roles going to be. Oh, I thought you would be home, be an active parent, but you're not. You've left mm-hmm. me alone. Okay, well, nobody actually talked about it and planned for this. So that's another thing that goes on. And then the, non, uh, the non-caring the non parent cannot really know what it's like to be the person who's carrying this this infant. The internal um, experiences that are going on chemically, psychologically, everything is changing. Uh, The body is changing. All these things are wonderful, but also not. Uh, pain, right? All sorts of other Mm -hmm. things that are going on. And this other partner who might be a little jealous is wanting something that isn't maybe timely. Uh, And uh, (laughs) it starts to feel unfair and insensitive to this person who's feeling like a breast to everybody. And then there's post- And uh, there's uh, postpartum issues, there's uh, changes again in chemistry, there's overtouch, it's like, please, everything is wanting a part of me and touching and pulling on me, you're just another one, you don't get it. Um, All sorts of stuff that could have been taken care of with proper education and preparation ahead of time, but again we don't do that. We don't prepare for marriage. We don't prepare for step parenting. We don't prepare for baby. Uh Um, And uh, that's on us, really. The rest of it is uh, improvisation. And uh, if the the couple is not a good couple to begin with, if they are not seeing this as couple first, baby second, meaning Mm -hmm that uh, the baby's life, of course, is important to both of them. But the couple has to be okay and good running and good running in order for baby to be okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's established before they decide to have a baby. And a lot of people don't do that. So now they suck as a team. Uh, and they're <laughs> going to be even worse now that there's more load bearing and more stress. Uh, they're ill prepared to be a team because they're supposed to be inviting the baby to their wonderful party. It's not Mm -hmm. supposed to be a shamble and say, well, yeah, I think we could have another person in here maybe to clean up our own house uh, (laughs) or to join this uh, mess that we've created. You know, that's, yeah. So a lot of things going on that could be thought uh, more thoroughly, but we're human beings. We're messy, impulsive, opportunistic animals. There you go.
2: Sorry. Your book. Um, can you explain a little bit about this idea? You've obviously written about this very thing in the book that you wrote.
0: Baby bump. Kara liked it. It was like the you know because she was just going through her first her, uh, her first child. Uh, oh amazing. wow. And so it was also uh, from her point of view. So we we decided, you know, a lot of books are about preparing for baby, right? But it's focused on the baby. This is focused on the couple, Uh um, on the couple being a couple before they have baby and that they have to remain a couple throughout. Uh, That that mother and father is for kids. It's not for the adults. It's kind of not a turn on. Um, Boyfriend (laughs) and girlfriend is. Girlfriend and girlfriend, boyfriend and boyfriend. Yeah, that's a different attitude. Um, we, we started this thing. It's a project. Um, we hopefully have a shared purpose and a shared vision for this. But the kids are passing through. They're going to leave. And uh, we don't own them. And we're still a couple. Uh, or are we? And, uh, and so people drift right away into other roles things they saw in their family uh, their uh, family of origin yes and they just again like all of us do what they know and that's about it uh this is where the co-creation of a culture is vital that you and i create something from scratch not use parts uh, unless we want it unless we decide that's a something we want but it's our decision we're in charge Uh, we run the show and therefore it's got to be a great one, you know, or it's on us.
2: (laughs) Exactly. And what do you say to the people who are, who didn't do the preparation beforehand and who just kind of jumped into it? I have to say, I was someone who just jumped into it and did not do the relationship prep before we had Bodhi. Um, we were so newly together and we're like, we let's have a baby. Um, and luckily we found our way through it, but it was really touch and go for the first few years for Mark and I, for those listening right now and being like, Oh my God, I'm in it with my partner. This feels so hard and they can't see a way through it. Where would you say they should start?
0: Well, first, if you're a partner, life partner, we hold hands in heaven and in hell, whatever is happening, we're together in it and we get out of it. We get out of hell faster when we are together in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, right. Because it is a hard job, right? Parenting really doesn't get easier having a 33 year old now. <laughs> uh, uh, it's still, uh, it's still uh, something that we worry about. And, um, it's just it's just a, a career, right? As mm-hmm. the couple is a career. However, um, if we're not working together, everything becomes harder. Uh, if, if we think of the couple and we decide that the couple is the center of the universe, you and I are going to be uh, the top of the food chain. We matter the most because we handle everyone and everything. If we aren't good... Nothing else is. And our work, our creativity, our health, our kids. So we've got to be good at this. Good teammates, good allies. That is essential. And then we handle together all the slings and arrows, all the vicissitudes of life. And we are competent. We're competent with each other. I know the animal I bought and paid for. I know how to (laughs) work with you. There's nothing you could do that I couldn't handle without using a stick or a whip. I'm a master at you. I study you because we're in the foxhole together. Our lives depend on each other. I have to be an expert on you, if for nothing else, to also ensure my own safety, right? Uh, mm. So I have to be competent with you as we have to be competent with our children. So it's an improv it's, uh, it's uh, a constant trial and error. It's a constant working with each other, uh, being sure that we have the same vision. People have the same vision for their kids. You know, I could go down a list. Do you want them to be healthy? Yes. Do you want them? You know, I've yet to come across anyone who says, I'd like mine to be a psychopath. Uh, no <laughs> one's done that yet. Everyone's agreeing, right? Everyone's <laughs> agreeing. And yes. what's the purpose? Be the best parents we can. Okay, you're on the same page. What's mm-hmm. the problem? We have different parenting styles. Yay. That's why there are two parents, because the child benefits from more brains, more styles. That's a feature, mm-hmm. not a bug. Mm-hmm. It's only a bug if the two of you can't work together. Yes. And so sorry to use another, uh, I'm not military at all. Uh, but, you know, uh, two generals fighting means soldiers die. Mm-hmm. Uh, these two generals have to work together compromise well compromising bargain actually bargain and negotiate what's the best thing we could do next okay we'll try your way why should we try your way because this is your logic okay it sounds good let's do it no it doesn't work let's do it my way it's a constant working together so uh so uh, baby children have had the benefit of two different people two different or more people more the merrier Right, if it's a village, so uh, so that's again goes to our uh, our one person thinking me, my, mm-hmm. I, and you, you, you. A secure functioning relationship is a two person psychological system of we and us. So imagine I were to uh, bind your two inner legs together, Sarah and Teresa, uh, bind your uh, your legs together for a month without getting sued, or going to jail, <laughs> <laughs> um, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. You couldn't do yeah. anything without working together. You couldn't go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. you couldn't eat. It would be painful. Um, if you went, one of you went too fast, you'd both fall. That is this. Mm. That is this. It's a different mm. orientation. It's a team sport, not a solo sport. And it starts before you have a baby and wow. it's got to continue that way and that's what makes it joyous.
1: I love hearing that because um you know when you when you're sort of in it it's so hard to figure out how to get through it. You know you're like wow every there's so much resentment that builds up and especially if you're not sharing, um, you know, how you're feeling with your partner, you know, in that postpartum time, it's so hard, like emotions are high. And then, you know, if you're feel if you're like, oh, they're just living out their day and I'm still at home, like <laughs> breastfeeding and like, <laughs> but then you're not communicate because like maybe they, maybe your partner feels, this is just something that we hear a lot um, through the people who, you know right into us. But like, you know, if your partner's out, you know, doing his thing during the day and then you're at home, but the partner's like, well, I I can't breastfeed the baby. So like, I just assumed that, you know, since you're doing that, then I'm going to go do this. And then they, they feel like maybe it's better for them to be out of your hair. And then, but if neither one of you are communicating that, then it's, people can just feel really resentful. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, I feel like I'm not useful. And then the other person's like, I feel like that person's not helping me, (laughs) you know? And so, which is just so frustrating, but yet it's, it seems from the outside, it seems like you could go, wow, that's really obvious. Um, But when you're in it, it feels so heavy and you feel lonely and unsupported. And it taps into so much um, from from childhood, from feeling rejected, from all of those things. So, you know, in like general tools, um, Teresa talks about this user manual and she's always talked about it, you know, from you. And I told her, I was like, wow, it was so amazing because I felt like during the pandemic, we kind of hit, my husband and I had made this breakthrough or the user manual, right? It's like, we've been together for 17, 18 years. Um, and you know, in 2020, when we were all made to be together all the time, it was this like super close time. We had a moment, I was pregnant and my husband and I were arguing about something. There was something that came up and it was like a back and forth and it wasn't anything crazy. Um, so much so that I don't even remember what it was, but I remember that he said, um, to me, as I was starting to do the stressor and the activation was rising, he said, you know what? It's okay. Whatever your answer is, is fine. Just know that I love you and just tell me what it is. It's okay. Cause he knew that automatically I'm feeling, oh no, oh no, I've made a mistake. Like I, mm. I'm, I feel so bad. And then he wanted me to know, Hey, this is a safe space. It's Okay. If the answer is that you, you know, didn't order the whatever, or you did order it, like it doesn't matter. I just want to know the truth um, because I would be like, oh, I don't know what to say because I know he's going to be mad at me. Mm-hmm. And um, I told Teresa, I was like, wow, I really feel like he saw me. Like I've never seen somebody see me before because, and it it makes me so emotional even talking to you about it right now, because um, he saw exactly what I was doing. He could tell my panic and then was like, let me hold this space for you and tell you that you're safe so that you can answer however you want. Everything left me. All the stress was gone. The activation, all of that was gone. And immediately I was like, ah, yeah, I didn't do the thing. And he's like, great. Thank you so much for telling me that it's totally fine. Okay, let's handle it now. And then, you know, I was like, Wow. What? What just happened? Like that was amazing. The
0: right so general.
1: The right thing happened, but like you know, we don't we don't have those. We we haven't seen you, which would be amazing to see you. But I'm would love since you know our maybe our guests don't have access to you or whatever that is. In general, like is that a tool in a toolbox to go? Wait, we need to take a breath, listen to your partner. What is happening right now when your partner's, you know, starting to feel the stressors? Like, what is something like a general tool that you would say to a couple and that they're, they would be able to use in a moment like that?
0: The, the tools, um, any tools are, are in service of an idea. So the best thing I can offer is, uh, is ideas. The idea here is that, like the book that's coming out, you and I are in each other's care. Um, we're mutual stakeholders in what happens. Uh, hopefully, the field is level and we have the same things to gain and the same things to lose. Right? And so, um, your problem is truly my problem. Uh, uh, if you're in distress, uh, I will be in distress. Therefore, mm. Uh, the smartest thing for me to do is to relieve you as quickly as possible, which relieves me. Now we don't often think this way, right? Mm -mm. We want to separate ourselves and and be in denial that we're, that we're psychobiologically attached to each other and our nervous systems are, uh, are working together, right? Where you go, I go. Therefore it's the smartest thing for me to do is to relieve you. That's an idea Uh, because we're in it, uh, there's nothing we can do that won't affect each other immediately, nothing. So I have to think uh, about caring for you and me at the same time, or you Mm -hmm. will see me as unfriendly. And that's the Mm -hmm. single most, the biggest mistake that we make. I start to see only my own needs, my own interests, not yours, that forces you, compels you, to protect your own interests. And now we square off and we're adversaries. So, uh, so I have to take care of you and me at the same time. Very hard to do, very hard to do. And yet that is the, that is the formula. Oh your husband seemed to act like a grown up, uh, that, <laughs> that uh, the first order of business is to care for you, uh, because that is something you're going to do with him unless he doesn't want you to, right? Uh, So we think in terms of good for me, good for you. The first thing I do is take care of you. Uh, First thing I do is to fall on my sword. Um, You know, I can be right, or I can be in a relationship, right? That old saying. Mm. Uh, The relationship is more important to me than being right, and therefore I'm always ready to fall on my sword, admit my wrongs, you're right, uh, I was wrong. Uh, it sounds like something I would do, uh, even though I don't remember <laughs> it. Uh, and that um, you are also caring for the child. Uh, if he doesn't care for you, then he's also not caring for the child. Mm. Right? And downstream. So all of that was the right thing to do. That's that's supposed to happen all the time.
2: I I have a question about that because you said – providing, you know, the care you should care for each other, which I really am so excited to read your book in each other's care, because I feel like the answers are in this book. In fact, I'm just going to read all your books, even though I know I can come and have a session with you whenever I want. Um, (laughs) but I would love to hear. So I read this thing on Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, I decided to use it. And it's, um, do you need comfort or solutions, because actually Eric and I talk about this a lot. Um, because him Eric, and I Eric really Eric is
1: my Eric is my partner, oh, okay. is
2: her husband, <laughs> yeah. and Eric and I we are like solutions oriented, and Mark yes. and Sarah are like we want comfort. <laughs> and so I definitely, yes. if Mark's in a problem dealing with something. I'm like, right. Okay. This is what I think, blah, 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 blah. And I'll come in with what I think are ways that he can fix the issue. But then sometimes all he wants and all Sarah wants is just some affection, some love. <laughs> and I want to, I want to talk to you about that because obviously, you know, Eric and I have such similar personalities in that we're like, fix it. We're the fix it people. We're going to just fix that. Um, could you, I'm trying to soften that part of myself. I'm actively working on it, but do you find that a lot?
0: Do you find that
2: a lot when you have couples in front of you, that there is one that takes on that
0: role and the other one's yeah. like, that's not what I need. Absolutely. Uh, you, you, have, you have two. Uh, more than that, you have a person who talks fast, another person who uh, talks slow. You have one person uh, who uh, talks out loud and thinks out loud, and the other person who gets right to the point. Uh, they're mm-hmm. both irritating to each other. Um, <laughs> yes. But- uh, they're, they're, nothing needs to be different except the way they do business. This is not about mm. changing who you are. It's how you do business. So yeah. uh, so knowing uh, that, oh, I like to think of solutions. Um, sweetheart, do you, uh, do you want me to come up with a solution? Do you want me to uh, uh, give a critique? Do you want me just to sit and listen? Or do you like me just to give you a hug? That would be a formality mm. that would be smart. Mm. Uh, and before just launching it's like it's like uh, couples losing formalities uh, as they automate each other uh, instead of saying is this a good time Teresa uh, I just walk in and start talking to you without regard mm. to you're busy um, uh, or I call you from another room you usually don't do that when you're dating somebody uh, <laughs> right all the formalities go out the window when we become overly familiar uh, with yes. each other um, and that's a problem so Mm-hmm. I'd say just due diligence of asking, what would you like? Uh, do you want me to do this? Or is this helpful? Um, but if I know you are someone who wants comfort, um, I should know that. Uh, mm-hmm. And that, that uh, should be something I do. Now, here's really what's really important and really cool. Um, when you think of relationships uh, and partnerships and working well together, it's, it's either stop it or do it. You really boil it down. A lot of our business daily with each other. Stop it or do it. Um, that's that's fair. So let's say uh, you start to uh, one of you starts to give me feedback in a way I don't like, and you do it automatically a lot. It's a reflex. I can't tell you to never do that again because it's not possible. You can't say I'll I'll not do this again. It's not possible. We're too automatic. We're too reflexive. Great. That's why we're partners. I give you permission, either you, Sarah, or you, Teresa. Uh, Next time I do this thing that we both agree isn't working, um, um, remind me, cue me, prompt me, uh, you're doing it again, or just hug me in the moment, and I I pledge I will cooperate fully without pushback. In other Mm -hmm. words, I'm giving you permission to train me out of this because I can't do it alone. There's no way. Wow. There's no way, and you can't do your things that annoy me alone, um, and and you know Tracy and I remind each other because we're always afraid we're going to end up with dowager humps, and so we remind <laughs> each other. What, what, previous agreement and permission to do so. That's really important to say, you know, keep your shoulders up, you know, keep your back up, give your neck up, right? Um, uh, we do this all the time. If you would watch Tracy and I in any given day, it's like, oh, you know, stop, I'll get, you know, go, go, do it. Right? No, hold on, wait, oh, right? We're, we're constantly manipulating each other. But we're fine with it because we've given each other permission to do this and we get mm. a lot done. So, mm. so it doesn't bother either of us. Um, it's like it's like a sous chef and a chef, you know, working together and bumping into each other. Um, they're not stopping to say, "Why do you bump me every time? You always bump." You know, they wouldn't get anything done. So, yes. so a team is a team. You're constantly shaping this thing so you're more and more productive. The relationship is easier and easier and the stress level, interpersonal stress level is going down to a bare minimum. There's no threat. That is what we need all to do. That's what this Mm. is. It's not about changing who your partner is. It's about accepting each other as is, but now we've got to do things. We've got to be productive. How fast can we work on a solution? If it, we end up working on each other, that's war every time. So yeah. a couple that's really good at this knows they, can, they shouldn't work on each other. They compel the other person to do the same. We're not getting out of this anytime soon. We should yes. not get into history. Bring up history unless we're, unless we're thinking about how the wonderful yes. things we did. Because we'll fight about memory. Memory sucks.
2: Wow, that was a huge thing that you helped us yep. with because I would always go back and be like, well, back mm-hmm. in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he oh was like, God, remember, no. remember Stan said when you were not taught, bringing up the history. I know, but then my argument would always be like, but it's shaped the way I am today and that's why I'm triggered because of the history. I'm triggered by the history. So that I would always try and get around the fact that he was like, Stan said we can't bring up history.
0: <laughs> well, you can, but just remember uh, if, you, if it's indicting the other person, they're compelled to protect themselves and their memory is going to be different because memory isn't mm-hmm. good after 20 minutes. I And you yes. feel
1: on the defensive That's immediately. Yeah. Like you just feel like a caged animal, the moment that you're talking and about. You're like, I've changed, I've evolved. And you think about like relationships and how much they change year to year. Like, you know, when Eric and I first started dating, I was 22 years old, like, and I'm almost 40 now. And when I think about like the way that I, I was so not great at communication when we first started dating and i really just wanted to run away from every problem but if you if we brought up stuff from then now i would be like what? Like, <laughs> that's a totally different person. You yes. know, like I just, I don't even really feel similar to her at all, except for like the basis was there, but where I've evolved to in my communication and just understanding mm-hmm. and how I show up for you, like that would just be so confusing to yeah. me. And so year yeah. to year, I feel like you grow Yes. Um, yes. in partnership, you know, mm-hmm. even 2020, I felt like we hit... All new levels of our relationship. We went deeper mm. and wider, and like everything, you know. So amazing. And so, you think about things before that, and you're just like, "What? Wow! I can't believe I that that's how I would react to something." And taking um, so threats I totally off the that.
2: table too, like yes. my like marks that my threat that I used to do for Mark is, um, I was like, "Oh well." guess we're just going to have to get a divorce. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if you remember that, Stan, but you were like, so divorce needs to be off the table. You can't dangle that out because that's his biggest fear is abandonment. And then yeah. we would go get into these crazy heated arguments. And I I would do this thing where I'd be like, oh, see, we're just not getting on, are we? We're, we're really different people. I don't know, babe. I just, is this. I know of course we are (laughs) and then I'd be like I just don't know like maybe we should get a divorce this is this is when we were deep in it and I was like working with Stan and we've always said that that was such a like hard and fast rule like that is off the table we do not put that out there
0: Two people responsible—the only two people responsible for holding this union up. We're not talking about hundreds of people. Hard enough, but it's doable. But just two people, both of us responsible for the morale of this team, right? So yeah. uh, one person's morale goes in the tank, and the other person, you know, thank you very much. It's like we go into a huddle for football, and one of us says we're going to lose. Uh, no, the proper way to say it: you're not leaving. I'm not leaving. You're going to do what I want. I'm going to do what you want. That's how we're going to roll. It's gonna happen.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Um,
0: that. That keeps the morale. That reinforces the idea of fairness, justice, sensitivity. We're both generals. We both get what we want win win or fuck off.
2: We've evolved so much since we saw you, and um, we always go back to it. And the great thing for anyone listening is that if you're sitting there being like, I want access to it, how do I have access to Dr. Stan Tatkin and his work? You can, because you have a very active Instagram page where you drop these amazing little pieces of wisdom in these videos that you do, which I send out not just to Mark, we send them to each other, but I also send them out to friends of mine who I know are going through it with their partners. Mm -hmm. Uh, I even just saw a text from a friend of mine And she um, had received a video of yours that I sent her recently and was like, this is exactly what I needed to hear today. This is exactly the little key piece that I need to take back to my partner and say, we can do better. Let's do this together. Um, So for people listening, you have an Instagram page and that is.
0: I'm always Dr. Stan Tadkin at on any social media. So it's always Dr. Stan Tadkin at.
2: Okay. Yeah. Dr. Stan and, and, and
0: I've grown yeah. a lot too. Uh, I continue to. Tracy and I have to do this. We have to walk the talk. It's not easy. Secure functioning mm-hmm. isn't easy. It requires us to grow up uh, and, yeah. to, and to be better, all right, and to be more uh, uh, along the lines of purpose-centered and character. Uh, Uh, right? Uh, And here's the key. Can we continue to do the right thing, even though it's the hardest thing to do? And that's uh, secure functioning is uh, 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 what's the best thing, right thing. So say us both, even though it will be the hardest to do, uh, it must happen, right? We must do this.
1: Are there one of your um, books that you would suggest to like, you know, one of our listeners out there that are like, wow, okay, like, this is all amazing information. i I don't really know like where to start, but I know that I'm feeling these things in my relationship and I'm only one side of it. So it's like me and my, now I have to relay all this to my partner. (laughs) Um, What, where should they start? Like what book of yours should they read first? Um, Is it this care book that's coming out in the 25th?
0: Wired for Love. Yeah, wired War, for wired love for, uh, okay wired for love continues to be uh, a very strong book that people uh, prefer uh, and like because uh, that's when i was laying everything out i started to get more focused as i've gotten older with with uh, social justice fairness and justice in the in the couple system um, and so, uh, your brain on love, which is audio only, and uh, mm-hmm. and, and wired for love are, are two great starting points. This new Amazing. one we do is is for everybody, but particularly for people you know just getting together. Um, mm. and each other's chair is actually is actually uh, organized by complaint. It's the complaints I hear uh. the most in clinic. Uh, and so, oh, wow. uh, so each complaint Amazing. is going at by, by vignette uh, and what people um, would say or do in a secure functioning system and what they are not doing uh, in that system. And it ranges from, you know, my, my partner. I don't think there is one that's my partner's an idiot because they're just... <laughs> Uh, my partner's boring. I don't like, I don't like my partner's kid. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we don't have sex, uh. Uh, any of those things. Yeah, that's how it's organized. And so it, people should probably be a little more familiar with, with my thinking.
2: I can hear the, like, the thunder of the feet as people are running to the bookshelves <laughs> <get> shelves <laughs> to try and get this book because it sounds unbelievable. And they're all the complaints that we hear as well. We hear it all the time. Like they don't help around the house. The domestic duties, the lack of intimacy after you've had children. So- it sounds like the perfect book for people to pick up wherever you get your books. Um, and also, you have an amazing TED Talk, which 1.7 million people have seen. So you can check that out too. Okay. And you I'm can my f-
0: family, yeah.
2: <laughs> all your fa- oh, yeah. <laughs> 1.7. You got a big family. Um, so you can find Dr. Stan Tatkin on all the social platforms through his books, TED Talks. His social is at Dr. Stan Tatkin. And you're just heaven thank you so thank much you. for gifting us with your time
0: if anybody is in the uh the medical or uh or helping field uh the pact p-a-c-t uh, mm. uh, if you want we do trainings all over the world for, uh, um, on psychobiology and couples and uh and if you are a couple uh tracy and i do couples workshops and retreats also all over the world throughout the year Uh, And you can find (gasps) me. Wow. Very cool. Yes.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Stan. It was so amazing to have you. Um, You guys have been listening to the Mother Days. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you soon, Daisies. Bye.